Mr. President, it's become a GPS tradition that when we have you, we have the honor of having you on the program rather than me making a book recommendation, you do. Let's have an intellectual conversation, my fellow lovers of freedom, liberty, the Constitution, America, Bill of Rights, the rights of humans to be sovereign individuals and to pursue their own happiness. Let's have an intellectual talk about the four Ds that are leading to a fifth D. Those four Ds are digitization, dehumanization, destruction, depopulation, which will lead us to the fifth D of dystopia. Now, you may be wondering why I started off with a short clip from CNN from then-President Barack Obama talking about his favorite book. It'll all come full circle and make very, it'll make a lot of sense here in just a moment. But let me give you a preview. We're talking about the World Economic Forum. We're talking about Obama, Zuckerberg, Klaus Schwab, we're talking about this quote right here. 2024 will make 2023 look like a walk in the park, but we can make it through the storm. The convergence of multiple red alert warnings is staring us in the face, all pointing to a major event of some type in the upcoming weeks or months. Whether you believe in this statement or not, that it's an eventuality, that it's going to happen, is what I want to discuss in this episode. Because even if you don't believe that these four Ds are going to lead, to lead to the fifth D in the coming weeks or months, I think we can all agree that the attempt is in the works. And that definitely merits us looking into. So let's hit the introduction and let's go down this road together. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mr. President, it's become a GPS tradition that when we have you, we have the honor of having you on the program rather than me making a book recommendation. You do. You've just come back from vac vacation. You must have taken a pile of books. I did. Which among them would you recommend? Um, on the fiction side, uh, The Underground Railroad mm -hmm. by Colson Whitehead. Terrific book. Uh, powerful. The other book that I really enjoyed, uh, a book by an Israeli author, uh, Yuval Harari, called Sapiens. And uh, it, it's a sweeping history of the human race uh, from 40,000 feet. Uh, and part of what makes it so interesting 
and provocative is that uh, because it's such a condensed sweeping history, um, it talks about uh, some core things that uh, have allowed us to build this extraordinary civilization uh, that we take for granted but weren't a given uh, and uh, gives you a, a sense of perspective in how briefly we've been on this earth, how short uh, things like agriculture and science have been around, and uh, why it makes sense for us to uh, not take them for granted. And uh, you know, it goes back to keeping the long view in mind and not sweating the small stuff. The long view in mind. Well, the long view in mind, according to Obama and the other powers that be, is probably different than your definition of the long game in mind. If you are a believer of God, Jesus, the afterlife, heaven, and a reward for being a good moral person and punishment for not being a good moral person, or if you base your life on Judeo-Christian principles and beliefs, religious beliefs here, then your end game or your definition of end game is going to be very different than a secularist or a Satanist who believes that everything is about the here and now, power, personal gratification, and there being gods on this earth to subjugate the rest of mankind to them. With that latter interpretation, please pay attention as I introduce you to the book Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, Homo Deus, A Brief History of Tomorrow, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, and this series Sapiens, A Graphic History, which are all works by Professor Yuval Noah Harari, a historian, a philosopher, and a best-selling author. He is about my age, born in Israel. He has a PhD from University of Oxford and is a lecturer at the Department of History at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. He was the keynote speech giver on the future of humanity in Davos in 2020 and 2018. If you actually also go over to the World Economic Forum site, you can see that his most popular, in fact, speeches, one of them is listed as Davos 2020, the year of the pandemic. Harari originally specialized in world history, medieval history, and military history. His current research focuses on macro-historical questions such as what is the relationship between history and biology, and what is the sexual difference between Homo sapiens and other animals? If we go deeper, we'll see that we'll see that according to Yuval Noah Harari's own website, he has received several accolades. The book is *Sapiens*. It's a blockbuster book. The New Yorker did an entire article about him and his book, saying that Sapiens has sold more than 12 
million copies. And it talks about the three important revolutions that shaped the course of history. It says that he is slim, soft-spoken, and relentless in his search for an audience. And that you would mistake him for a recluse. That he seldom leaves his office. He works at home that he shares with Itzkoff Yahav, his husband, who is also his agent and manager. He is rich, lives in an expensive village of modern homes, an hour inland from Tel Aviv. And he drives a Porsche SUV with a rainbow flag sticker on its windshield, which his husband says he doesn't like his choice of cars. He thinks it's unacceptable that a historian should have money. Harari recently spoke this month, September of 2023, at the world's biggest festival of AI and transformational tech. This is what he had to say. Let me play you a few minutes of what he had to say. In the video, you will see that they describe Noah Harari. And since we're having an intellectual conversation, let me put on my $1.25 reading glasses from Dollar Tree. September 21st, 2023, Yuval Noah Harari speaks at the COGX, the world's biggest festival of AI and transformational tech. Harari is a lead advisor for Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab is the author of COVID-19, The Great Research Set, and the founder of the World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum are implementing The Great Reset. Yuval is praised by Klaus Schwab, Barack Obama, Mark Zuckerberg, and Bill Gates, who reviewed Harari's latest book on the cover of the New York Times Review. Harari has sold over 45 million copies of his books. He is an outspoken homosexual and an outspoken proponent of the transhumanism agenda. Harari is an Israeli public thought leader, an intellectual, a historian, and a professor. Okay, so that's his bio. Here is what he had to say a few days ago at this conference. Potentially, we are talking about the end of human history, not the annihilation of the human species, not the end of history, just the end of the, that part of history which was dominated by human beings, by human ideas. And we live cocooned inside a culture created by human beings. Everything we think, we feel, has been shaped by stories, by images, by poems, by tools that were created by human minds. Now, there is something that can create poems and images and tools which is not human. It's an alien intelligence and it has remarkable abilities it's very likely that in the next few years, it will basically eat up all of human culture, everything we've created for tens of thousands of years since the Stone Age, it will uh, 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 absorb it, digest it, and start spewing out a new culture coming from an alien intelligence. What would that do, not just to the world outside us, but to the world inside us? to our psychology, to our religions, to our political views. Nobody knows. 
So even in the Soviet Union, it was technically impossible to follow everybody all the time. Yes. Now it is possible. You don't need KGB agents, human agents, to follow people around. You have uh, the digital agents. We carry them in our pockets. The smartphones, the cameras, it's everywhere. Yeah. So you can technically follow everybody all the time. And you don't need human analysts to go over the data. This is where AI Having comes AI. in. Yeah, it's a so, terrifying prospect. So it's now possible to create total surveillance regimes that follow everybody all the time, that know much more about me than I know about myself. Yes. And there are regimes that are going in that direction. Are you surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> okay, James, why did you show us that clip of Mr. Harari, what are you getting at? Get to it. Get to these four Ds of digitization, dehumanization, destruction, and depopulation, which will lead to dystopia. I showed you that clip because it was part of this latest substack, excellent substack by Leo Homan, investigative reporting on politics, culture, and religion, and when they intersect. His latest substack reads, and here's the following, Globalists have another shock event planned in pursuit of the four Ds, digitization, dehumanization, destruction, and depopulation. 2024 will make 2023 look like a walk in the park, but we can make it through the storm if we hold on to our humanity and faith in God. The convergence of multiple red alert warnings is staring us in the face, all pointing to a major event of some type in the upcoming weeks or months. Whatever it is, this new catastrophe will hasten the collapse of the old world system, a collapse of economies and political structures that is already underway, paving the way for the Great Reset, or as some call it, the New World Order. I call it the Beast System. Predicting the timing of such an event is impossible, but I do believe we are looking at a major shock event happening roughly within the next three to nine months, a year at most. Now, this is where we're going to have an intellectual conversation. Now, you're listening to this podcast or you're watching this podcast and you're thinking, well, hell, James, how can we have a conversation? I am going to facilitate a conversation that you are going to have internally. And here are some things I want you to think about as we're going through this great Substack article by Mr. Homan. Now, I don't agree with every single thing that he says, but I agree wholeheartedly with his premise, his evidence, the timing, etc. Not that I disagree with it. I'm just saying I don't disagree with I don't agree with every single thing specifically because I haven't looked into every little single aspect. But overall, he is spot on. Here are the questions I want to ask. I want you to ask yourself. This is the internal conversation I want you to have. This is a more intellectual episode we're having because what you get out of this is going to depend on what you put into it. Here's the internal dialogue that I want you to have as we're going through this information. One, if you haven't seen the signs, the evidences of what is going on, then I invite you to pay attention. 
to pay more attention. Now, most of you, if you are listening to this podcast or have been watching the video version of this podcast on Patreon and Locals, then you probably know many of the evidence that's uh, evidences, evidence I, <laughs> that have been going on. I know it's not evidence I. So the question you need to ask yourself is, am I prepared for what's coming or what may be coming and what they are planning? And ask yourself, whose responsibility is it to prepare myself and my family for what may come, for worse or worser? Or to be more optimistic, for better or for worse, am I prepared for what they're trying, they're attempting in this great reset, this great new world order, this beast system that they are trying to usher in? Or that they may usher in, in whole or in part? And then ask yourself this other part of this internal conversation as I'm going through this article. Do I believe that this is all a show? And that I'm to eat popcorn and watch it unfold because there's some great plan happening? Or do I realize that there is no white knight? There are no white knights. There are no no white hats. There there is no uh, cavalry coming to save me. There is no cavalry. It is is me. I'm responsible for myself and my family's well-being. Do you believe that? And if you do... What have you done to prepare for what's coming down the pipe? That is the intellectual conversation that we are going to have. I am just a facilitator. I want you to think about these things as we move forward. Now, let me go back to this last part. Predicting the timing of such an event is impossible, but I do believe we are looking at a major shock event happening roughly within the next three to nine months, a year at most. A new catastrophe will hasten the collapse of the old system. All pointing to a major event of some type in the upcoming weeks or months. Well, what's that going to be? Well, is it going to be one thing or is it going to be a convergence of several things? What are some of the things that we're looking at right now? Well, we're looking at they're trying to bring back COVID again. And with that, a new bioweapon vaccine. Well, could the next pandemic make the height of the COVID-19 outbreak look mild? That's what some experts are predicting for what's being called disease X. So I am very worried that we we just don't, uh, we as a nation, we haven't made that commitment to really fully protect the American people. We caught up with internationally recognized Dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor and co-director of the Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development, Dr. Peter Hotez, who's traveling to get his take on the topic. We have a likelihood that new pandemic threats, that people call them disease X, are going to be rising on a regular basis. By the way, this is recent. That This segment from Fox 26 is within the last few days that they posted uh, this interview. Disease X, kind of like that disease X because it goes along with the other four Ds that we've been talking about. And it's going to be a bad one. 
At least that's what the community is bracing for and what the powers that be are aiming for. And Dr. Hotez says disease X, the next pandemic, could hit hard whenever it arrives. Why do you think some experts are predicting the next pandemic will make COVID-19 look like a walk in the park? I've written about this as well. I wrote for the Houston Chronicle a couple of months back that COVID-19 is just the warm-up act. Um, the next pandemic may not be as severe, but it could be much more severe. The next pandemic. Look, they don't have to be on board for a next pandemic to come. But smart scientific minds will see that there has been a, par a, a pattern here, an escalation. Remember the flu scare of 20 odd years ago, getting people used to flu vaccines annually? Like Obama said, they play the long game. They take their time with it, but it is deliberate and planned out. They got used to annual uh, vaccines. Then you're getting vaccines for all kinds of things that you don't necessarily need a vaccine for because the risk is low. From your general vaccines to, you know, shingles and what else, uh, whatever the big pharma is pushing this time around. But then there's also been an escalation of the sicknesses. We've had Ebola scares. We've had SARS scares. Remember the H1N1, the flu, uh, the swine flu scare? And they were small. But these were all escalations to get us trained to give them data on how to manipulate us. And I don't think that COVID necessarily is going to get a lot of people on board. A lot of people have been red-pilled and uh, their eyes opened. But something worse, or so to us as worse than COVID, might do the trick. Remember, they've been escalating these sicknesses over the last several, uh, over the last several decades. After years of pandemics popping up, including SARS and H1N1 early in the 2000s. Ebola in 2014, and Zika in 2016, and now we've got COVID-19. Dr. Hotez says that's why the U.S. Office of Pandemic Preparedness was created, but he believes more should be done. Having the funds available to make countermeasures for new diagnostics, new vaccines, and at the same time, um, being able to um, support uh, the, vi the virologists, the scientists who actually study these pathogens. Now, no one knows when disease X, the next pandemic, will hit, but scientists say it is coming. There's virologists that are studying these pathogens. They're studying the work of the virologists in Wuhan and other places that are creating these pathogens. Okay, so is it going to be disease X or is it going to be economic collapse? In the U.S., where some of the world's leading money managers are warning the collapse of another American bank could lead to a credit crunch and an economic slowdown. Constrained lending as a result of stricter banking regulation could stifle credit to the U.S. economy at a critical time. All right, so let me just show you a few clips from the last few days and maybe the last week or so. That was from BBC. Let me show you what the uh, great Peter Schiff had to say, as well as David Hay, and then what was said on CNBC as well. Recession, hard times coming. Almost matching Leah Holman within the next 
few months to within the next year. These are data analysts saying this. Peter Schiff, Chief Market Strategist of the Euro-Pacific Asset Management Fund, and David Hay, who is his co-CIO of Evergreen Gavical, and will be discussing their outlooks on the economy. There's, there's a huge run, you know, on these banks. So I don't, I, you know, they're all going to fail. I believe that that Jay Powell is going to resign sometime between now and the end of next year. The data in the markets, the economy is telling us we're going to see slowdown. So you're in the recession and the lower bond yields camp. Absolutely. Okay. You know, I do think that, you know, a recession's looming out there. I don't see the point to trying to, to time it and say it's going to start next Thursday at 2.15 in the afternoon. I just don't think that's a, a fruitful investment strategy. The timing of it, no one's going to know exactly, but being prepared for it, that's just a smart move. Whether it's disease X or global crash, recession, depression, collapse. Or perhaps it'll be war. Russia is going out of its way to prove the commander of its Black Sea Fleet is alive and well. Ukraine claimed Admiral Viktor Sokolov was killed in a strike on the fleet's headquarters on Friday. But as Fred Plekin reports, Russia has released a second video in as many days, reportedly showing the admiral back on the job. Nearly a week after Ukraine claimed to have killed the commander of Russia's Black Sea Fleet with a cruise missile attack, now another sign he may very well be alive after all. Russian military TV showing Admiral Viktor Sokolov handing out medals to a Navy soccer team, although CNN is unable to verify when the video was filmed. That was CNN yesterday. Wars and rumors of wars. But we know about the Ukraine-Russia conflict, and we know about the disinformation, the psych, uh, psychological operations, the psyops going on on both sides. But war between two countries is bad. But multiple countries involved, well, we call that, when there's enough of them, a world war. If you haven't been paying attention, things are now heating up with Poland and Russia and Ukraine. Poland has suggested that it will no longer provide weapons to Ukraine. Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki made the comments after days of antagonistic statements between the two countries. He told a Polish television station, we are no longer transferring weapons to Ukraine because we are now arming Poland with more modern weapons. Now, tension was sparked by the Polish decision to ban imports of Ukrainian grain. The flames were then fanned by Ukrainian President Zelensky's speech at the United Nations, in which he accused countries of feigning solidarity with Ukraine. Let's have a listen. And it is alarming to see how some in Europe, some our friends in Europe, play out solidarity in political theater, making thriller from the grain. And they may seem to play their own role, but in fact, they are helping, helping set the stage to a Moscow actor. All right, so now they don't want their grain. Poland doesn't want to give Ukraine any more weapons. Well, that seems like that'd be good. Maybe slow down or, or ending support for this war. Even though today we just found out that Kevin McCarthy and the rhinos, along with the Democrats, not one Democrat voted against it, another $300 million in military aid to Ukraine. 
maybe Poland's onto something. Oh, that's right. I forgot a few months ago. Poland is now in a Cold War with Russia and Belarus. Russian President Vladimir Putin has issued threatening words to Poland, saying Moscow would react to any aggression against its ally Belarus. Putin accused NATO member Poland of having territorial ambitions in the former Soviet Union. Poland announced its military is redeploying more units closer to its border with Belarus after having already done so earlier. Ooh, things are heating up over there, aren't they? Ukraine, Poland, Belarus, Russia. Let's not forget that uh, we are talking about some nuclear superpowers here. Now, if you don't understand history, what, what is the saying? Those who don't uh, forget history are damned to repeat it or something like that. I don't know the exact idiomatic expression, but you know what I'm talking about. Let's go back to World War II. You have Hitler and Germany. First of all, we had Germany in World War I, and then we load them with reparations and make life absolutely a living hell for the Germans. We did. We got back at them for World War I. And of course, that led to the opportunistic rise of the National Socialists. Then we had fascists throughout Europe. Fascism in Spain, fascism in Italy. Oh, but let's not forget, this is not all just about Europe. Wasn't the bombing of Pearl Harbor, which we knew was going to happen and they allowed to happen as catalyst to get us into war? Well, that was Japan out of Asia. So who's playing that role now for World War III? We have Ukraine and, and Russia playing the role of Germany in World War II, if we want to make comparisons. Who, who are we comparing to Japan? Well, of course, that would be China. Got to play this for you. Steve Forbes with an excellent breakdown this week on what's going on in China, which sounds like war drums beating over in the South China Sea as well, all at the same time. Are we headed for an unintended war with China? Hello, I'm Steve Forbes, and this is What's Ahead, where you get the insights you need to better navigate these turbulent times. A war with China would be a catastrophe perhaps leading to the use of nuclear weapons. Such a conflict could well involve cyber weapons that could jeopardize the safety of satellites on which we are now so dependent, and at the functioning of our electrical grid and our water systems. Yet China's strongman Xi Jinping continues provocative acts that could lead to unwanted hostilities. A few weeks ago, Beijing released a new map of the waters and territories it claims as its own. This document, dubbed the Dash 10 line, is the most aggressive one yet. As in previous such exercises, China says most of the South China Sea, a critical international waterway, belongs to it, and of course Taiwan. But it expanded what it thinks is theirs in the South China Sea. It laid claims to pieces of territory belonging to Russia of all countries. It heated up its border disputes with India by asserting claims to two new areas. It put forth potential demands on Japanese territory. China's neighbors were rightly shocked. It's not just maps that are worrisome here. China's overtly aggressive actions in this region continue. It has brazenly employed floating barriers to block Filipino fishing vessels, 
It has used blinding lasers against civilian vessels in disputed waters. It has rammed and sunk civilian boats. Beijing has built and militarized man-made islands to control access and has seized atolls and tiny islands for the same purpose. Now, I'm a blade devil's advocate. Some of you may be saying, come on, BCP, James, you're being an alarmist here. This is just China doing what we do. These are defensive actions. No, there's some aggressive posturing as well. In an area that when China decides to fully flex their muscle, will bring added economic collapse to many parts of the world, especially the Western world where, oh my goodness, we get a lot of things from China. Many things are manufactured in Vietnam and other parts of Asia. And where do they come through? How do they get here? And who's flexing their muscle where we get a lot of our goods and wares from? China's Navy vessels patrol these waters aggressively. The South China Sea is crucial strategically because one-third of the world's maritime shipping passes through it each year. The Philippines Coast Guard has just removed that barrier. China didn't immediately respond with a bellicose action when it learned international journalists were with the Filipinos, but it will probably do so later. The danger in all of this is obvious. Freedom of the seas has been a core U.S. principle for over 200 years. China is challenging that fundamental part of our security foundation. The safety and prosperity of the free world depends on maintaining it. U.S. past passivity in the face of China's militaristic, imperialistic actions has led Xi Jinping to conclude he can get away with this audaciously assertive approach. After all, his Navy is expanding while ours is shrinking. I'm Steve Forbes. Thanks for listening. Great insight by Steve Forbes and or his script writers there. By the way, this show has no script writers. What you see is what you get. I am passionate about this stuff, folks. So it could be a pandemic, disease X. It could be a financial collapse. Or it could be a new world war, which will also facilitate those other things. And what's happening right now? Well, we have Joe Biden, a Manchurian candidate and a fake president. Joseph Biden did not get 81 million votes. He did not win the popular vote. He didn't win the electoral college vote. The election was stolen from we, the American people, who wanted and had, through our electoral college system, chosen to have Donald Trump re-elected and serve another four years. They installed the China puppet Biden, who has been weakening our military with wokeism, with the trans agenda, with the uh, DEI agenda, all about inclusivity and wokeness and vaccine mandates, weakening our military. And China's watching and very aware of it because they, along with other globalists and their control of Joe Biden, this is part of their long game plan. President Trump did what Ronald Reagan did, fortified our military, and they can't have him back in. There have been and there will be multiple attempts on President Trump's life as our attempts to keep him off of the ballot, as our attempts to throw him in jail. 
everything to stop smart President Trump from reversing the tide of globalism and World War III that we are on. Okay, now let's get into and conclude with Leo Homan's Substack article here on the four Ds. Why is this happening? The billionaire globalist oligarchs desire to bring about a situation that involves digitization of money and human beings. So AI, uh, central bank digital currencies, because cryptocurrency is decentralized and is a great thing as far as not being controlled by governments. They've been trying to tax that and do all kinds of things with that. And they want us to all be part of a system similar to the social credit system of China. Dehumanization. Humans replaced by transhuman hybrids. We've got Elon Musk is a very interesting character because I like a lot of stuff he's doing and some of the stuff that he's doing scares the hell out of me. Like all his neuro-transhumanism work that he's doing. Also, uh, the dehumanization, which is part of the destruction of cultural norms. Dehumanization, you... you you, you can dehumanize us by saying that we don't have genders and sexes and there's a bunch of genders and we're fluid and we're born homosexual or pansexual. Destruction, that would be of cultural norms, also of male-female genders, the ability to reduce uh, produce without technology. And then depopulation and those deemed useless eaters. Thus the pandemic, which led to the bioweapon Vaccine. I just think they rolled it out earlier than it was ready for. Disease X may break the gap. Remember the escalation of these viruses. So Leo goes on to say, these are the four Ds needed to bring about the total control that globalist technocrats seek to extend over all human behavior in a restructured world run by artificial intelligence and based on the elimination of all fossil fuel usage by the common man. Oh, they'll still fly around in their jets. There will still be oil taken out of the ground. Maybe not here. Maybe they'll just have it from Saudi Arabia and buy it back channel from Russia. But make sure we in the United States don't have access to it as we have to have electricity, which of course is fueled by fossil fuels, coal, and what have you. Remember, this suffering is for us, not for them. If only the oligarchs have access to fossil fuels and only oligarchs are allowed to reproduce and enjoy freedom of speech, what you end up is with a one-world slave state, and that's exactly the goal, Leo says. So the four Ds are used to get to the fifth and final D, which is dystopia. In the eyes of the globalist predator class, they're reaching for their utopia, but for the rest of us, it's a living hell, a dystopia. Utopia for them, dystopia for us. These globalist oligarchs are only able to destroy so much of the old world order with COVID and needing another big crisis event to finish the job of achieving all their dystopian goals, which are encompassed in the Agenda Agenda 2030, Sustainable Development Goals. They've played language games reminiscent of Orwellian Newspeak to make us think that SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, will bring about utopia. In reality, the masses will be ushered into the nightmare of dystopia. If the globalists continue to pressure their minions and national and state capitals to enact their Green New Deals and Net Zero campaigns, that's right, their minions are in national and state capitals and municipalities. China and these globalists have their puppets not just in 
the Capitol and the Senate and in the House of Representatives, but also their legislative counterparts in every single state capital in the 50 United States, as well as mayors and city councils throughout the nation, especially in swing areas, as we saw that they used them to steal the election of 2020. That awakening has already begun. Many people are are waking up to what these globalists are up to. And that is why it is urgent they escalate a full-blown World War III scenario, which includes famine and shortages as soon as they possibly can. Is it before the November 2024 elections in which we will overwhelmingly re-elect President Trump? Will they have to cancel the elections? Or will disease X, war, famine, or financial collapse necessitate them saying we can't have in-person voting, it must be digital and mail-in? The window is closing on the King Charles-initiated Great Reset, and so it's time to double down on destruction and depopulation. If they don't, they will never get to full digitization and dehumanization, the end of human history, as Yuval Harari explains in the video below, which I led with at the earlier part of this episode. Russia is an obstacle to their plans for a truly one-world system. I really like how Leo Holman puts this. Quote, and I've been quoting this, Not because of Putin being any kind of hero, but because of the Russian people and their will to survive under a purely Russian leader. They will not accept a world economic forum puppet like the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and Europe. How how those Western countries have accepted to rule over them. They don't mind an authoritarian strong man, but it must be a real Russian who is in charge. Now that's where I may disagree I don't know if Putin has the large buy-in that he claims and that pro-Putin people claim, but I know that he has a lot more support from the people than the Western world would have you believe. But there are a lot of people that don't like authoritarianism, whether that authoritarian is doing the right thing or not. I am one of them. Russian Putin may be on board with digitization, but not with the other three Ds, dehumanization, destruction of cultural norms, and depopulation, largely due to the strong influence of the Russian Orthodox Church, which remains more traditional in its thinking than the Roman Catholic Church. If I'm right and the globalist oligarchs have another shock event planned within the next three to nine months, that means the window for preparedness is also closing. This is this intellectual conversation that I had alluded to previously, but this is one that I am facilitating for you to have with yourself and your spouse, and your loved ones, and your family, and your community, and your church, and your congregation, and your Bible study group, and your women's group, and your men's group, and other like-minded people. Because when the fit hits the shan, as prepared as we are, we are going to have to depend on others. Not the government, but on other like-minded individuals. We're going to have to band together. Dare I say the militia word? Dare I say, uh, community sharing, community security. Do you know a doctor? Are you a doctor? Might be a good idea to find like-minded individuals who, I don't know, are good at farming, good at construction. It might be smart to have friends that have a military background that no defense, security, and arms and have a, a big 
uh, cache of, of ammunition. Maybe you are the person that has military experience. Might be a good idea to have like-minded individuals that have a medical background. It might be a good idea to have CPR training, basic first aid skills at the minimum, and maybe advanced first aid skills. Do you at least know an, an, know an, at least an EMT? It seems at the bare minimum, you should have access to food, short-term and long-term, access to security, and access to medicine and medical know-how. We can't survive on that alone. Are you close to your bishop, to your pastor, to your priest, to your rabbi? Once again, I'm just facilitating this conversation for you to have in your own mind, brain, soul, and also with your spouse, loved ones, and people that are part of your tight-knit community, however you may define that. If I'm right, going back to Leo Homan, and the globalist oligarchs have another shock event planned within the next uh, three to nine months, that means the window for preparedness is also closing. Those caught off guard by what is coming will find themselves completely dependent on exactly the wrong people for their survival. The government, FEMA, their local municipalities. They will be at the mercy of the globalist cartel. Since this is a predator class of psychopaths, you do not want to be dependent on them for anything. Security, food, medicine, Now, I know that we have an older audience here. Don't wait for your medications to run out to get refills. Ask for refills. Ask for a year's worth of refills ahead of time. Look at your bottle. How much how many more refills do you have? Why not plan ahead on that? That might be a good idea. If you're able to, perhaps if that's not available to you or that's not enough, you, you're really dependent on some of these medications. We have two neighbors to the north and south that many people know how to get those medications. It's not going to be covered by your insurance. But as part of your preparedness, maybe something that you want to look into. Once again, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just facilitating a conversation for you to have in your inner monologue with your spouse, loved ones, and community. Do you want to be dependent on the same government that was demanding jabs for your medication and your medical well-being in a collapse or a dystopian society? If viewed in a vacuum, the headlines of today would not be sending up red flags of warning. But when you look at them in totality, it becomes clear something big is going down that will forever reshuffle the deck of global power and change our outlook going forward. That is why I've done my research and I've done my, in this episode, I have done my curating of some news items and some analysis from some people smarter than me in finance, China, global conflict, and pandemics, 
and infectious diseases. The bottom line is that this is no time for normalcy bias. We are already at the beginning stages of World War III with Russia and Eastern Europe and Syria and with Africa and Asia getting ready to explode as well. We haven't talked about Somalia. We haven't talked about what's going on with France and, and, and Africa. And there is a lot more that he has to say in this article. But I think you get the picture. Once again, the four Ds, digitization, dehumanization, destruction, and depopulation leading to dystopia. Do you think it's going to happen? Great. What are you doing to prepare for it? You don't think it's not going to, you don't think it's going to happen? You don't believe it's going to happen? Why? Is that a normalcy bias? Is that false hope? And if you believe that and you have others dependent on you, is that really a wise position to take? And let me end with this. Let's say I'm being an alarmist for no reason and none of these things happen. Could there be a tsunami, an earthquake, earthquake in diverse places? Could there be other natural disasters? And if those things happened, would it really have hurt you to prepare by having adequate food, money, medicine, medical connections, security, and not even touch about the rampant crime and illegal immigration and other things plaguing the United States of America and Europe in their plan to collapse our beautiful Judeo-Christian Western civilization. What are your thoughts? Please put them down below. I love you all. I pray for you all. Consider these things. They are very important for you, for your family, for your community, for your congregation. Please take them seriously. Thank you.